<laughs> hey, what's happening? I started that without knowing. Looked over, and I am up and running. Hope you're doing well. What's up, Rebels? It is Friday, August 7th. It is noon here in Colorado. Hope you are all doing well. I'm trying to find out if I'm posting on the exact right page or not. and I can't figure it out. Yep, I am. Good. Well, so good to see you. Uh, it has been a long time. We took our summer break. Uh, I apologize. I should have announced that. I just kind of went quiet. Uh, we took uh, most of July off, and we're back to a full schedule next week. Laura and I are going to be recording more of the stories we will tell. We got great guests lined up. It is going to be... Ooh, it's going to be a good one. Good, good rest of summer. I mean, summer, it's almost over. My goodness. Uh, kids are supposed to be starting school soon, although does anybody have any idea if it's going to start or not? Uh, districts already here in Colorado are saying uh, first quarter is going to be uh, virtual, and then they're going to go back in person, uh, and who knows? Who who knows? Um uh, I got people watching online right now, and so I will say, uh, Jeff, I have played pickleball before. Uh, I enjoy it a lot. I don't have any place to play it here. Um, Jeff, who's watching right now, knew me from way back in my first college days experience when I played tons of ping pong, and I have re-picked it up. Oh, oh my paddles aren't running on the other side of the room. Uh, picked it back up again. I got some friends that like playing. I am all over it. I'm playing all, all the time. Thank you for those supporting Rebel Parenting during the pandemic and during the lockdown. I really do appreciate it. We are a nonprofit, tax-deductible organizations. All donations are tax-deductible. We appreciate it. Thank you so much with all, I mean, 30 million Americans out of work. Uh, to have people donate to us during this time is a huge deal, and we appreciate it so, so much. Catch up on the family. Uh, Lincoln and I are now watching Agent Carter in the Marvel series. We tried X-Men. It was a bust. Uh, it just didn't hold up and we couldn't pull it off. Um, I have started jogging today. I did my 20th mile in two weeks. I'm doing two miles a day, five days a week. Um, I don't know. I hate it. I hate running and jogging so much. I don't like to hike. I don't like any of it, uh, but I've decided I need to do it. So every morning I get up and I go do that. Um, and now Lincoln decides he wants to go with me. And so we'll see how that goes. Lucy and I are obsessed with cleaning shows. Uh, we watch YouTube videos obsessively of, um, either super deep detailing on destroyed vehicles, like, uh, you know, farm truck hasn't been washed in 37 years. First wash. We love those videos. We like the pressure washing videos and, uh, homes of hoarders that are getting cleaned out. Uh, super into that. Uh, and Laura has picked up roller skating with the kids, and we are back to bowling as a family. Finally, the bowling alleys are back up and running, and we're back there again. We're super, super, super stoked. Um, okay, I want to. I got a bunch of topics we're going to cover today, but I want to start with. There's a great article. All these show notes are at rebelparenting.org/blog. Rebelparenting.org/blog. Just go to rebelparenting.org, click on the blog, and uh, show notes are going to be there as soon as this program aired, and they're they're aired there right now, right now. Um, 
there's an article about brutal honesty in marriage. And uh, it's really, really, really interesting. And uh, it, it triggered something I've been thinking about a lot lately about marriage and relationships. Uh, and so that's the first link in the show notes is this uh, article from... Totally going to draw a blank on who it's from. Uh, but it's on brutal honesty in marriage and how honesty is great. Oftentimes when people talk about brutal honesty, they're being mean in their honesty. And there really is no place for that. There's no place for cruelty or meanness in marriage. Uh, and it's not that we don't act that way at times. Oftentimes we do. But during those times or following those times, we need to repent and ask for forgiveness because there is no place for meanness or cruelty in marriage. And it's been really interesting during the lockdown. Laura and I have been talking to lots and lots of couples that have been struggling greatly during the lockdown. And they're nitpicking each other. And they're, the hair on the back of their necks is standing up. And they're irritable. And there's all these things going on. And it's so much worse because of everything else that's going on. If you're one of the 30 million Americans that's out of work, or if your kids did get, well, obviously, if you've got kids, they did get pulled out of school unless you're a homeschooling family. Uh, but most kids got pulled out of school. Uh, most people, uh, if they didn't lose jobs, are working from home in a completely different schedule. All those things have changed. Uh, parents are homeschooling for the first time. They're looking now at homeschooling again. Uh, and... <clears throat> All those irritants, all the unknowns, anxiety is fear of the unknown future, and we are all experiencing that. Uh, back, I posted in, in the show notes an article that says one-third of Americans is experiencing clinical depression or clinical anxiety. Uh, that anxiety being fear of the unknown future. Will I go to work again? What will that work look like? I mean, think about it. You guys know I run a program called Home Safe. We travel to churches and we teach groups how to protect their families in and out of the home. Obviously, we've now added um, natural disasters to that program uh, with things like the pandemic or blizzards or earthquakes or hurricanes and tornadoes, all the things that can come your way. How do you prepare for those types of things? Well, now we can't go to churches and do events. Um, we are looking at doing some events in Texas uh, with some of the states that are reopening, Texas, Georgia, Florida, Tennessee, some of those. Uh, there are some potential ones there, but man, it is so fluid. It's so up in the air. Every event I had was canceled or postponed. Um, and so all those things add up to irritability and it's coming out in lots and lots and lots of marriages. We're finding it's coming out in lots of marriages. So, and lots of relationships. Uh, we're nitpicking our kids because we're together 24 hours a day, seven days a week. We can't go anywhere, can't do anything, can't go out. You know, or, you know, we do and whatever. It's, it's hard. And so I've been looking at it more and more and more. And if Christ is to be our role model and to be our example of how we're supposed to behave or, or what that ideal is of our behavior, can we actually obtain that? No, but it's what we're supposed to be doing. I don't think God is the God of second chances. I think he's the God of infinite chances. It's a continuous thing, and there's so much grace. It's not that there's not frustration, but there's so much grace involved in uh, in marriage and in parenting. And I think the more grace we can add and input 
into our marriages and into our parenting, the stronger we can build those relationships. Uh, when you don't think you're going to get beat up um, for behavior, whatever that behavior may be, you know, I, I, I talk about little things like when I ruin food and Laura doesn't care. I ruined steaks a few months back. I mean, I ruined them. Uh, it was so bad. We literally threw them away uh, and we wasted a bunch of money on steaks. I mean, it had to be like 30, 40 bucks on steaks uh, ruined. I didn't get beat up for that. Um, that's like a little thing. But giving grace in areas, if your spouse falls off the wagon, whether it's with drugs or alcohol or pornography or whatever those things may be, showing grace to that person. Uh, I used to do fun. I used to. I still do fundraising events all the time. And I was doing a fundraising event for the Gospel Rescue Mission, uh, one of their organizations. It's the homeless shelter in America. It's the oldest drug uh, rehabilitation center in America. And I remember talking about that. And, and one of the things I talk about is nobody as a child, nobody as a four, five, six-year-old, nobody as a young teen, you know, dreams of someday becoming an addict, dreams of pushing away all their family and friends, dreams of living on the street, dreams of the disease that comes with it, dreams of, of sorrow and pain and all that. No one wishes for that as a child, but we go through circumstances and we make choices and decisions and people wind up uh, in those, in situations like that. Uh, and, you know, you hear about people giving money to the homeless and someone yelling, they're just going to use that on drugs or alcohol. I mean, like, okay, uh, that, it's not my job to police where my money goes when I give it to a homeless person. It's not my job to to run and manage their life. It's my job to follow the leanings of the Lord in whichever way that I help, whether it's giving money to someone on the street, whether it's, you know, working in a homeless shelter, whether it's donating to a charity, whatever that is. Uh, I'm following the leanings of the Lord. But I do think, uh, you know, Ephesians talks a lot about this, especially, you know, in marriage and parenting. Ephesians 6, 4 says, don't provoke your children to anger. I think we forget that as parents. I think sometimes being right is so important. And you may be right. Absolutely. You might be right. And our children are going to do things that are wrong. They're going to make those mistakes because we as adults do it all the time. And our kids are going to make those mistakes. And if we're just nagging them constantly or provoking them to anger, that relationship is not growing. It's not strengthening. It's not bonding. It's not building. It's not lasting. Um, and the same thing with, with husbands and wives. You know, in, in Ephesians 5, uh, 25, says, Husbands, love your wives as Christ loves the church, and he gave his life for it. It's the sacrificial love. You know, when it's provoke your children to anger, I can remember when Lucy was little. She's a stronger spirit. Um, she feels things very, very deeply. And I was constantly trying to win battles with her, <clears throat> and it provoked her to great anger. Now, yes, were there times where in anger she behaved inappropriately? True. And that's no excuse for me to then escalate the situation. I think so often we get into a situation and we say something that might be a little inappropriate, not completely inappropriate, but a little inappropriate. And it sets the other person off, whether it's our spouse or whether it's a kid. Uh, and then they blow up. And then we use that response as a rationale to then behave more inappropriately. Well then, well, you behave this way, so I'm going to then escalate. I'm going to escalate. I'm going to escalate. And I had to relearn my parenting techniques with Lucy to not provoke her to anger. 
Uh, and it's, oh my goodness, it was so difficult. So difficult. And I got to tell you, as parents, the thing that I want to impart to everybody out there is if I can do it, you can do it. The relationship I have with my daughter, will it always be perfect? No. Is it perfect today? No. And it's deep. It's meaningful. It's intimate. My goodness, I love spending time with her. Uh, same goes for Lincoln. Uh, you know, those of you that are listening for a long time know I was a really bad parent when Lincoln was little. I was a really harsh, harsh, bad parent when Lincoln was young. And I have had to rebuild our relationship through grace, through grace, through understanding, through forgiveness, through gratitude, through apologies, uh, through repentance uh, with Lincoln to rebuild that relationship. I am telling you with Laura, with Lincoln, with Lucy, the more grace, the more forgiveness, the more understanding, the more calmness, the more patience the more perseverance, all those things, the more I can input those into my parenting, into my marriage, the better the relationship is. Is it easy? Nope. It's not easy. Everyone wants to score keep. Uh, they're doing this and you're not doing this and, and I'm doing that and you're not doing that and I'm doing too much and you're not doing enough and all those types of things, what, whatever it is, you know. I'm reading my Bible more than you're reading the Bible. You're not building your relationship with the Lord like I'm building a relationship with the Lord. I'm working out more than you're working out. I'm taking care of my body and you're not taking care of your body. And I'm going to grow old and you may not be there because you're not making that sacrifice. Or I'm working harder than you and I'm going to work longer than you. Or I'm looking for a job. Whatever those scorekeeping things are can go, I'm cleaning the house more than you or whatever it is. I can guarantee you scorekeeping will ruin your marriage faster than almost anything else. Almost anything else, scorekeeping will ruin your marriage. Now, I'm not talking about allowing yourself to be abused. I hope you don't hear that in what I'm talking about. I just think the, 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 the era and the day of the ultimatum, I don't know. I hear it. I, I, I it, it, you know. Uh, here's what I'm thinking. I'm just going to throw it off the top of my head. We had Lisa Turkhurst on. Um, she wrote the book, It's Not Supposed to Be This Way. She had come down with breast cancer during the middle of cancer. Her husband fell off the wagon. He was cheating on her. And she did set up an ultimate. She, there, were, there was lots. Of, it wasn't just like out of the blue. Hey, if you do this again, then blop. Right? Um, but there was a lot of discussion. There was a lot of therapists and therapy and third parties and things that were brought in. And if certain behavior continued over a length of time, it wasn't one mistake and you're out. It was, if this continues, then we're going to have to go public with it. Uh, and they did. Uh, she wrote the book, It's Not Supposed to Be This Way. Their marriage has been strengthened. I think of the very first broadcast we did with Cindy Beal, um, Rebuilding a Marriage Better Than New, talking about pornography addiction. Those ultimatum things I don't think will serve your marriage well. Again, <clears throat> I'm saying balance that with, I'm not saying you should be abused or you should get taken advantage. You know, lose, if, you're, if your spouse has a gambling addiction and you're going to lose your home, then yes, you do need to set up checks and balances and some, uh, some boundaries for sure. Uh, if a spouse is into pornography and they want to do things with you that's degrading or, or, or immoral or, or demoralizing to you, uh, obviously set boundaries up. I'm not saying you shouldn't have boundaries to keep yourself safe. I do, though, think that this, uh, this era of ultimatums, this, um, this, uh, you know, I've got to be right. And, and the fact that being right is the end all be all because I'm right. Therefore it justifies poor behavior and action. And I got to tell you, it just doesn't. 
It just plain doesn't. It doesn't, it doesn't, it doesn't. And then you got to think about it too when you want to get introspective in this time. Think about it uh, in the, how would you feel if somebody was doing that to you, if they were that way to you, if they were pointing those things out to you? Uh, and in, in, in the flip of that, what would help you if you weren't like, um, I'll just be personal. You know, I just spill it here all the time. Um, during the pandemic, uh, I got to the highest weight I've ever been in my 50 years on this earth. I just turned 50 less than a month ago. Um, and I know for Laura, it, it, probably got concerning to her like my gosh what are you doing you know I've got this home gym I'm known for working out all that kind of stuff and I struggled with anxiety and depression got depressed ate like a dumpster fire and started gaining weight and just didn't really look back um I am now nine pounds down from the heaviest I've ever been I'm super stoked but I you know what wasn't going to work in that situation with Laura is the shame and guilt. You know, your dad had a heart attack when you were 18 and it was traumatic for you. And what's going to happen if you have a heart attack and how is that going to be for your kids? And we've already had situations, blah, 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 whatever. It's not going to work. Um, here's the truth too. I'll work out with you. I don't know. Maybe it would have worked. Maybe not, but it might not, right? It might not. But loving a person through their hard times and seeing them get to a place where they start coming out of it. I started doing the jogging two miles a day in the morning and Laura totally praises me for it and tells me how proud of me she is and tells me that she can see a difference and all those types of things. I tell you, that's the thing that makes me want to keep doing it. It's not shame. And you got to look at that with your job and your life and your relationships. Is shame a good motivator for you or is encouragement a good motivator for you? And if encouragement's a good motivator for you, it probably is for your family as well. You know, you can read that book, The, the Five Love Languages, and find people's uh, primary love language. Does it mean they don't experience love in the other languages? No, but there are areas and secondaries and things you can do better with your families. Uh, I'm just telling you, grace, grace works. And our role model shows that over and over and over and over again. Over and over again. That was one of the big ones I want to talk about today. Let's dive through all these other stuff. Wait a minute. We got, let's see. Dorothy says, Ryan, totally agree. Parenting and marriage mercy is vital. My husband and I are in our 60s now. Exactly. It's our job to follow God's guidance on giving to whomever, not to change the subject. Uh, I have is we have a 45-year-old daughter that we verbally adopted her through the years. She's gotten involved in the group called... Oh, Q, Q Anon. Okay, Q Anon. And follow the group two, four hours a day. Post it on Facebook. Do you anything about screw business? Okay. Uh, Dorothy, let me hit QAnon just for a second. Um, wow. That is a that is a rabbit hole to get into. Yes, I know QAnon is. QAnon um, uh, supposes there is a deep state of uh, high-powered politicians and entertainment, the high-powered the, the high -powered of the world that uh, run everything. Lots and lots and lots of uh, supposed conspiracy theories surrounding QAnon. Uh, potentially a lot of truth as well. Um, exactly what I don't know. Here's what I think. I think during this pandemic and during this lockdown, uh, it lends itself to going down the rabbit hole. Uh, I can remember when Y2K, what Y2K was getting ready. Man, think about that. 20 years ago, 
uh, more than 20 years ago, just, oh, just over 20 years ago, we were concerned that every computer in the world was going to shut off when it went from 1999 to 2000. Uh, I mean, it was everywhere and being talked about everywhere all the time. Uh, and during that time, the propensity to go down the rabbit hole and to research these things was extreme. And my goodness, in 2000, the internet was a baby back then. So I understand it. Um, this is what I, this, here's what I, I, I think. Because a lot of the QAnon people that are talking about right now are like, just wait, these things are about to unfold. And my, my question back is, and what if they don't? Then what? Um, you know, all the things that, that were that were being told about Deep State and, and these things, if it is true, okay. And how is my obsessing over it furthering my life right now? Uh, and here's what I will say too. Going down the rabbit hole feels productive in a time where we feel unproductive, when we're not doing and, and feeling the way that we felt for a while when, when all these things are going on and when it does look like a conspiracy. I'm going to talk about my views on masks and COVID in just a minute because there's so much conspiracy going on that no one believes anything that's being told to them or they only believe what their individual sources are telling them and everybody else is a lie and everybody else is a conspiracy. Um, I understand it. I just don't know what good comes of it. I don't know if there's a plan of action. Uh, and so, and also at 45, I mean, what are you going to do? She's an adult, right? She's an adult. So love people in their struggle, love people, you know, I was talking to someone whose child is struggling with that. Their friends are doing things that they disagree with. And it's like, I don't know if I can be friends with them. And I was like, Ooh, it's kind of scary. I don't know. Okay. But friends will do bad things. Can you be friends with someone that does bad things from time to time? You got to decide that. Uh, and so going down that rabbit hole, I would try to figure out where, what productive is coming from going down the rabbit hole. Can it be fun? Sure. Uh, but when it takes over your life, you got to figure out what's be, what productive is coming from that. Uh, and feeding the fear, man, I got to talk about that. I don't even have it down. Uh, fear as a virtue. Uh, fear as virtue. Feeding the fear just isn't great for you. It's not good for you physically, emotionally, mentally, spiritually. Feeding the fear is not great for you. And so try to figure out where that product productivity comes, can come from or come into. It's a good one. Uh, I will say there's a, an article just came out too. 39% of millennials um, are moving back home due to COVID. <clears throat> and I think that stigma of being a child who's 18, 19, 20 or mid 20s, um, and living at home, I, 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 you know, when I was leaving the home as a late teen, <clears throat> not only was it assumed I was going to leave home and not come back, it was reasonable that I would leave home and not come back. I went by, I looked at one of my first apartments. It was $245 a month. It was fully furnished and that was including utilities. It had a TV and cable for 250 bucks a month. And I was 21-ish. Um, 
and that was affordable for me. And I had uh, one, two, I had three roommates in a 400 square foot, maybe 400 square feet, maybe 300 square foot uh, cottage. Um, and we shared. Uh, today, prices have gotten to a point. I've been talking to a lot of friends of mine who have kids in college who are leaving college and home. And lots and lots of them are coming home. And so that whole, remember there was that whole era of the failure to launch. There was a movie called Failure, failure to Launch. Um, I remember focusing on the family. My dad did tons of programs on, on kids that were you know failing to launch. And you got to kick them out and make them be adults and you know all those types of things. I'm not saying that a kid who's uh, home all, you know, who's 22, who's living at home, who's eating Cheetos and smoking pot and getting high and playing video games all day. I'm not saying that's okay. I do think a kid that's living at home because they can't afford to live on their own or it would be so oppressive. You know what I mean? Where you're just being choked by your rent every month where it's just drudgery. It's a new relationship now. I think it's a new time. I think kids coming back home for a while, not that big of a deal. In fact, I know couples with children that live at home with their parents or parents. There's another one too. Parents who are struggling to make ends meet who move in with their kids or who decide to get a place together and got like the mother-in-law apartment for the parents. Um, but again, in those situations, I would say times have changed. Uh, it's not as easy. And again, grace in those situations is super, super, super important. Grace in those situations is super important, super important. Uh, I have a video posted. It's uh, Alanis Morissette performing a song that I've totally forgotten the name of it, but she is holding her daughter while performing and her daughter interrupts the entire time and it could not be any cuter. Oh my gracious. Cause here's that thing too. As a parent and a performer, your desire is for perfect cuteness while your kid is on camera and screen with you. And to see a parent that's like, my kid is doing kid things in a place where kids are. I brought him into the situation. Whatever. I'm going to keep singing while you sing into the mic and ask questions or tell me not to. I'm just going to keep going. No big deal. It was done with so much grace and so much care and so much love. It is a very beautiful scene I recommend it to all. Uh, I also have an app that helps you find local farmers and butchers. Uh, farmers and butchers are struggling during the pandemic. They're start struggling during the lockdown. That supply line to restaurants has completely been disrupted. And even when the supply lines are a little bit open, you know, opening a restaurant at 50% capacity is not helping farmers. And so if you can find local farmers and butchers to buy from, uh, they would appreciate it. Uh, let's get into um, all the uh, controversy going on. Uh, Cal State University. So, um, Cal State, it's all the Cal State schools. Cal State San Luis Obispo, Cal State, um, all the Cal State schools. Is that right or is there one Cal State? Either way, they're now requiring you to take, every student has to take an ethnic studies or social justice class to graduate. Uh, and I think that is bananas. I'm getting bleed over from the earphones. That's super nuts. That is so, so, so nuts. Um, there's a Yale student suing Yale over inferior online classes compared to the in-person classes, that the tuition wasn't changed, that the online version was inferior, they didn't get their money's worth. 
Uh, looks like there may be a class action lawsuit. Uh, I, I would not, um, I would not be surprised if that doesn't happen to a lot, a lot of schools. It would not surprise me. If we're not going to be there for this, we're not going to be there in person. Uh, then should it cost the same? Uh, and you got to worry about schools shutting down completely, not bringing that, that money in. I don't think Yale's going to have a problem, but uh, some others may. Um, okay, so I did a show on the protests and all the things going on. Um, and I had some people write me and say, have your views changed as you've seen things go on? Um, Okay, let's dive into it. Uh, I think there is, I don't think there is a systemic racism problem in America. I don't think that there is systemic racism going on here. I just don't think that. I don't think there is evidence to show it. I don't think anybody comes up with uh, evidence-based research to show systemic racism in America. I don't think that's been shown anywhere. I do think there has been a militarization of lots of police forces and that there is a problem with accountability for actions. And I think during the protests, we saw that played out in full. I think lots and lots of things that were attributed to racism end up just being <clears throat> bad people um, that have too much power and they're abusing their power. Uh, that's what I think, for sure. When it comes to Black Lives Matter, I believe Black Lives Matter. I believe that phrase black lives matter and brown lives matter i do believe that i think the organization called black lives matter is not a great organization uh one of the statements and i'm i literally took this from the website you can go straight to blacklivesmatter.com or org whatever the website is you can pull this straight from the website um and it's in their About Us section of what they believe. And it says, We disrupt the Western prescribed nuclear family structure requirement by such other ended families and, quote, villages, end quote, that collectively care for one another, especially our children, to the degree that mothers, parents, and children are comfortable. Uh, let's unpack that. Um, we disrupt the Western prescribed nuclear family structure requirement. Uh, I don't know what that means, but disrupting the nuclear family of mother, father, child is a mistake. There has never been a society that has thrived without a nuclear family at the foundation of that society. Every society that has corroded the family structure and by traditional family structure, I mean mother, father, child. Whether it's biological or adopted, it's mother, file, child, mother father, child. Uh, biological, mom, dad, child. Every single society that's corroded that structure has fallen. one. And by the way, in the black community, because of the disruption of the traditional family, that's where most of the suffering and pain in the black community has come from lack of lack of structured family lack of fathers in the homes lack of leadership lack of authority um all of that is accredited to the disruption 
uh, and the destruction of the family unit, and it has done more damage to the black community than anything else possible. So do I think Black Lives Matter? 100%. Do I think Black Lives Matter, the organization, is helping black people? I don't. I don't. Um, this whole thing with defunding the police. By the way, when you, when you dive into this, when you go down this rabbit hole of it, those that were saying demilitarize the police, I agree with. Does it say defund the police? I don't agree with. And by the way, in the areas that have defunded police uh, departments, crime and murders have skyrocketed. What do you think? What did you think was going to happen? It was so shocking to watch protests and then to see, I, I was watching people protesting the police. They're out there protesting the police. Protesting the police, protesting police brutality, protesting police involvement, protesting over-involvement by the police, protesting the police. And uh, a guy drove his car into people and jumped out with a weapon, <clears throat> and everybody around started yelling, somebody call the police. And I just thought how ironic it was in that moment where people are protesting the police, they start screaming, somebody call the police. Uh, because you realize how helpless you are in those situations, and the very fabric and foundation of our society is unraveling before our eyes. I will tell you this. This next election, this next presidential election happening in November is the most important in our nation's history. It is the most important in our nation's history. There's never been an election that's more important than this one right here and right now. It is a terrifying election coming our way. Um, talking about COVID and uh, masks, all that kind of stuff. The main problem is whether you're left or right, whether you're Republican or Democrat, whether you're gay or straight, whatever group that you are identifying with, generally every group thinks every other group is lying to them. Have you noticed that? Every single group thinks every other group is lying to them so much so that it now feels like we are now questioning our own side, wondering, are you telling a lie too? It feels not, I, I don't think it's everybody. I think the fringes are still the fringes. I, I, I don't know, but it feels like people are going, my goodness, because here's the truth. Do masks work? I have any idea. I just don't have any idea because I've heard exact opposite things. Uh, can COVID live on a surface? First it was no, then it was yes, then it was seven days, then it wasn't uh, any time at all, then it wasn't 30 minutes, and now it's 30 minutes, and it can only travel six feet, then it was 18 feet, now it's 30 feet, and then it's back to 18, and masks do work, but this mask works, and this mask doesn't work, and if it's under your nose, it doesn't work because it travels in the... Every bit of information I get, I'm being told the question, and that is very scary. Furthermore, also dividing our nation is anything that feels like it might be, quote, from another viewpoint than your own is then associated with the worst of that group and challenged because of the worst of that group. Take masks, for example. Uh, most of the stores I go to now require masks to come in. <clears throat> you know what? I don't care. I just don't care. Anybody that tells you that it's bad for you to wear a mask <clears throat> is lying and they don't know what they're talking about. Uh, I've had a number of extensive surgeries throughout my life. 
everybody in the room wore masks for hours and hours on end. I have lots of friends that are doctors and surgeons. They wear masks all day, every day. The very people doing precise microscopic surgeries on your body. When I had eye surgery, I've had multiple eye surgeries. When my surgeon, by the way, the first one I had was done by a surgeon, not a robot. It was done by hand. And let me tell you who you don't want having carbon dioxide asphyxiation problems. That's a surgeon working on your eyeball. Uh, if masks caused you to breathe carbon dioxide at an unnatural rate and it caused you to be impaired, certainly you wouldn't have wearing masks all day long. They certainly do not harm you. Do they help? I don't know. I don't know if they do or not, but I wish we could just all agree to do something. Um, and then again, you can't federally mandate something for everywhere because if you're in the middle of nowhere in Montana, you're probably not being exposed to it like you are downtown New York, downtown LA uh, versus Colorado Springs versus Denver or Boulder versus wherever you're from. Um, I don't know. Uh, but again, with things like hydroxychloroquine, uh, lots and lots of doctors are saying that this stuff does work. Uh, if you get it, here's the thing too. The studies that are coming out saying that it doesn't work are, th are the studies that it was given to people that were on death's door. If you can get it in you quickly, it seems to work well. And because President Trump talked about it, apparently uh, you're a right-wing extremist if you hydroxychloroquine. You can hate President Trump and believe hydroxychloroquine and zinc works. You can, you can believe that. Uh, you can uh, love Trump and wear a mask. You can love Biden and think masks are ridiculous. Uh, I've got a video posted in the show notes on MSNBC uh, with a group of the nation's top pediatricians all being asked if they're going to send their children back to school. Every single one said yes. I will tell you this. Not going to tell you who, but we thought a family member had contracted COVID, and that family member is in a high risk group. And so uh, we went into crisis mode. So we got that person to a hospital and a test done, and the test was taking a long time to get back. And a friend of ours said, if and has COVID, given the high risk that they're in, even the high risk that they're in, they'll probably discharge them tonight. If they get sicker and sicker and it comes back positive on the test for COVID, if they put them back in the hospital, you might never see them again. So if they go into the hospital tonight and get discharged tomorrow and you can get out to see them, definitely go see them. Uh, and we did. We did. Uh, and it ended up common flu, didn't have COVID, uh, flew home and uh, some of the family members were talking about what a mistake it was to fly out. And I was like, I don't think so. I think had that person been sick with COVID and it had been very, very serious, we all would have been so thrilled to have had one last time with them. Uh, I think I would do the same thing tomorrow if it came out. Um, and again, with the politicization, politicization, politicalization of things like hydroxychloroquine, you're having governors tell doctors they can't prescribe it. And I think that's ridiculous. I don't know why we're, we're, we're politicizing doctors. It's totally ridiculous. Totally ridiculous. 
Um, but I don't know. I don't know. I do not know. I like that sports is back. I like watching the highlights. Uh, I think it's very interesting. Um, NBA ratings were down drastically, uh, and it appears to be because of the protests. Can't blame it. By the way, do you know what the highest rated sports being watched today is? Golf. That's surprising, to me at least. All right. I got some more, uh, I got some uh, interesting news and then some good news. Uh, whatever, just interesting news. Uh, the Rock, Dwayne Johnson, and his partners have bought the XFL, uh, the Extreme Football League. I don't even know what that means. I didn't know the X did. Did you? Did you know there was another uh, football league aside from the NFL? It's the XFL. I remember the XFL with Vince McMahon, and you could have your nickname on the jersey instead of your real name. Uh, I remember some of the technology they developed for the XFL. Uh, there's that uh, fly-by-wire cam uh, that follows players over the field. That was an XFL uh, original one. Um, uh, but The Rock is buying the XFL. No idea what it means. Very interested. Because if The Rock's into it, it's got to be a good deal. Uh, Walmart is going to do something starting in September... And uh, I think you're going to love it. And that is drive-in movies at Walmart. I don't know how they're going to do it, but I'm super stoked for it. They're going to start drive-in movies at Walmart. Lots and lots and lots of locations. The link is in the show notes. Check out the movies you could see at the drive-in at Walmart. Wonder Woman, Spy Kids, Space Jam, Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. By the way, the sequel is coming in 2022. We started. Um... Ghostbusters, Wizard of Oz, Black Panther, E.T., and Friday Night Lights. Uh, I am super disappointed that the Colorado Springs Walmart is not doing it, but Pueblo is, and I am hope to be bringing my family down there to watch those. They can be super fun to see drive-in movies with the fam. fam. Uh, last but not least, NASA is getting ready to fly a drone over Mars. We are living in the future. We're living in the future. I hope you're doing well. <clears throat> I hope your kids are going to get to go back to school. I hope your marriages are doing well. I hope you're feeling good as a parent. I hope you're spending time together as a family. Practice as much grace as you possibly can. Thank you for supporting us here at Rebel Parenting. We love all of you. Thanks for reaching out. Hello, Joy. Good to see you. Hello, Carrie. Hello, Roberta. Hello, William. Hello, Dee. <clears throat> What's happening, Roger? Marshall, great to see you. Jim, good to see you. I, I did shave. It grew back a little bit. I'm going to shave it off again. Great to see you, Jeff. God bless. We love you, and I will see you soon.